Welcome back to the Bipolar Circle and the Birthday Show, hosted by Leona. And yeah, then I want to say uh, sorry so much uh, for I didn't do the the research on the facts last time uh, in the first show. I actually said that sometimes I feel like Tom, uh, something that is totally wrong actually because there's some people here in Mexico do call me Tom. I don't know why. And uh, so I just said that based on very few informations without doing informations after how many people actually said it. Today I'm Lucy. This show is actually not uh, the third show. We are waiting for guests. We have uh, got contact with very interesting guests that will come on our show, haven't we? Yes, we have. Well, we are waiting. We are kind of uh, a little bit fast on releasing these things while we are trying to do research on getting nice people to come on our show. And in that time we're waiting, we have to release our pilot show. But we already have some guests confirmed, though. To the next show, we will have some interesting people to inform you about stuff we have no idea about. So that will be more interesting both for you and us. And uh, since the last shows, we got a lot of, uh, well, I got a lot of angry emails from people from the Anarchistic Congress that uh, said that we didn't really explain too much about what we did there, how to close down the Anarchistic Congress of Berlin. And uh, I have to say that we also got complaints about not going out publicly and saying more what we thought about that, uh, what we did there. And I, I have to explain it now that we were all on LSD and we didn't really know how to deal with it when people started to threaten us with getting beaten up. And somehow we felt like when you are on LSD, sometimes you get ideas about that nakedness and nudity could be nice. And we didn't really want to offend anyone. We felt it was our anarchistic statement at that moment. I don't know if you political leftist people do you know what anarchy is? I don't know. Maybe we should discuss it online one day. Maybe we should dedicate one show specially to anarchy. I mean, do you really have to have a statement just to be sitting in a park naked? I thought many times if you express something, the expression was the statement. Sitting in a park and drinking a beer with some friends, it's not really a statement, is it? Yeah, well, so to all you people who want to avoid very complicated situations uh, where you uh, maybe make uh, some noise in situations where you should keep quiet, um, stay inside or maybe not uh, take LSD, uh, that will be something I recommend you kids out there. <laughs> is that your statement? <laughs> yeah, that's my statement. And uh, a uh, conclusion, maybe. Yeah. Some facts of the show you will soon listen to is not really accurate. It was made as a pilot and we didn't background check everything. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> well, yeah, so until we bring interesting people on the show that actually knows what they're talking about, or we will all meet each other again in hippie hell, have a great spiritually sweet love making birthday happy birthday happy birthday it's your birthday happy birthday it's your birthday happy birthday it's a great day Happy birthday to 
Okay, I will get, to, get one of the mouth uh, protections from the corona crisis and put over the microphone to see if we manage to get the sound a little bit less stressy. Now it's proven that the mouth protection actually do work. It's proven that it actually do work on the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Welcome very much, every great listener at the transmission from Lucy and Leona, the hosts of this program that is going to take up different subjects that annoys and amuse us in the world in general. We uh, will make this show in English. Uh, actually, I'm Norwegian. And I'm from Sweden. Yeah, so that's uh, English is not really our native language, so we hope we can bear with our little rusty English uh, for us to be able to communicate to a little bit bigger group of people. We now live in uh, Mexico, where we are doing an ecological project. And uh, this is our side project. Here we will talk about uh, ecology and uh, social issues and uh, things that is important for humanity. And today, the, today's program is... Uh, Addictions. Addictions. Addictions uh, is something we all know a little bit about. Uh, maybe some of you know, know less than others. Uh, I had my own experience with addictions recently, where I uh, learned a lot more. Uh, something I have made a small, small interview with myself in that situation that will be sent during this program. Uh, what's the definition of addiction, Leona? Addiction is a broad term which is used to describe an entire process by which people become dependent on a particular substance or behavior in order to cope with life. But that's not what Wikipedia says, though. No, but... Uh, Wikipedia is a little bit unupdated because there it says it's some kind of brain disease. It's a kind of brain disease. So, well, I read in one of these uh, disease psychological books that uh, addiction to coffee is considered a mental disease. But that's like all time terms. What I understand it is that they kind of updated it now and it's not... they don't call it a brain disease anymore. So what is addiction? Here I found that addiction is a complex condition, a brain disease that is manifested by compulsive substance use despite harmful consequence. People with addiction, severe substance use disorder. <laughs> it's called that. Um, I guess some psychiatrists make some money on this uh, addicted people then, I guess. So, <clears throat> so uh, severe substance use disorder have an intense focus on using a certain substance or substances, such as alcohol or drugs, to the point that it takes over their life. They keep using alcohol or drugs even when they know it will cause problems. Yet a number of effective treatments are available and people can re recover from addiction and lead normal productive lives. Do we want to have a normal productive life? Productive, yes, but it seems that I know about productive people that is addicted to different things. Some people will even claim that some type of addictions actually make you more creative. Like addiction to coffee? Yeah, or addiction to thinking. Thinking. I, I, uh, thought, right. I thought addiction was more than just being, uh, being a substance uh, abuser. I thought addiction was more uh, like you can be addicted to sex, you can be addicted to music, you can be addicted to walking your dog, you can be addicted to masturbating in front of old ladies, you can be addicted to, to underage kids and stuff that they call pedophile, but isn't, they also play, claim that that's an addictive syndrome and that you can't help these people they're just born like that they're born with an addiction 
addicted person never feels satisfied. <laughs> well, uh, I never feel satisfied when I'm not addicted. Maybe I'm addicted. Um, okay, I go through the addictions I have now is cigarettes, coffee, sugar, and weed. Yeah. So that's all substances. I would say that I was sex addicted uh, earlier. Now it seems like I've got like uh, uh, some kind of mental problem with the, the subject of sexuality in itself. <laughs> At least on your side, you seem to have some kind of problem with the, where to put your microphone on. Where to put the microphone? Uh... For you that can't see, the microphone is tied to a big stick that he before tied to a bed where he was sitting in front of with a um, mouth protection. Well, on. it's not really true. We're actually sitting in a very professional studio mm -hmm. with uh, with cables going through the wall. and. Uh, addict will also deny all truth. So what I see here is there's two kinds of addictions nowadays. Chemical addiction refers to addiction that involves use of substance. Behavioral addiction that refers first to addiction that involves compulsive behavior. I was something Behavioral uh, addiction. Dependence is also another word for addiction. Dependence, but that you can use also, for example, for your parents, that you're depending on your parents or your girlfriend, is that then a type of addiction? I saw that in one definition that dependence and addiction was supposed to be similar. Like a baby to the tit. Yeah, somehow. So that, that's a healthy addiction, no? Yeah, they say that the addiction, when it's addiction, is when it's kind of unhealthy, no? Like when you can't stop it. That but, is what addiction is. But then I go back to that. That's a abuse of the word addiction, I think, made by people who probably wants to, to harvest souls that feel they have a problem with something into the psychiatry or medical industry to make money on them. While you can use addiction. Oh, I'm so addicted to healthy food. Yeah, but even if you're addicted to healthy food, it can become unhealthy when it becomes obsessive, no? Yeah, that's a new, new obsessive disorder. <laughs> in the world today is that so many health freaks. Uh, actually, we have a, a couple living in our place that showed us that uh, they get so interested in being healthy, start to, to eat only certain kind of food and avoid almost everything else. And it leads to like having uh, uh, symptoms of mi missing uh, things in your food and you get kind of like anorectic to, to not it's be able to eat It's called eating them. disorder. It's a type of eating disorder, yeah, created on a healthy lifestyle philosophy. So that is, yeah, that's true. That's an addiction to healthy stuff can go wrong. So, but then, then as addiction to bad stuff, can that go right then? I don't know. What do you call bad stuff? Because I think everything can be good in some extent, no? What I've realized, that what I've seen is that many people, creative artists or or musicians are like artists expressing themselves in different ways sometimes learned a lot from their addictions in a way of adding extra suffering or adding extra complications in their life and then forcing themselves to get out of it or not but still maybe creating more character through being instead of being this normal I think there, there, there are many normal people out there that is also not good for themselves or the world around them. I guess you have a lot of normal, violent people, for example. You have friendly drug takers and addicted people. Yeah, what, uh, back to what's normal, because I think the, what you see on the surface doesn't really show what the person is and inside. There is a lot of 
what you could call normal people that has are addicted to shopping on the internet, for example. People are addicted to gambling, like grandmothers and old people. Mm, there's only one to two percent of population that get addicted to gambling. I had a friend that was like, when we, he was like 22 and he was addicted to gambling. And it was like first time I found like a young person actually using all his money on this stupid machine to think that he could maybe win back everything he lost. I've seen it existing, the addiction to gambling. But I also know like friends that are addicted to things that still are nice people. Other people addicted to shit, like Hitler, that was addicted to coke and morphine and amphetamines. Didn't really make him a better person. Was he ever a good person before he started to take these drugs or...? That's what we have to... That I don't know. Um, it seems like they were the, that in the end of the war, it, it had kind of spinned into some kind of psychosis way. I don't think they got better during their pro progress of taking over the world. Uh, I think the addiction for them worked really good in the beginning, having more faith in themselves and doing what they're doing. And then in the later, it beat their ass, I think. And I think Hitler, if he died, died in cold turkey. That means like with withdrawal symptoms on different type of drugs, especially morphine in his bunker in Berlin. That's a shitty place to do cold turkey or do rehab in a bunker in Berlin while you're losing the war. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, but I never went cold turkey, so I don't really, I haven't personally had experience oh, with yeah. it. Oh yeah, so they, that I have, since I managed to actually get addicted to, to opium, I, I uh, yeah, let's hear here, trying to do my own rehab in a small town here in Mexico. Okay, we are here in uh, Miahutlan. That's uh, one of the Zapotec centers of civilization here in Mexico. And uh, I'm on cold turkey. Yes, I actually started to do opium. And I did it for too many days because of being too, like, fucked up about life. It's not funny all the time. Uh, I guess all of you people uh, out there uh, have sometimes experienced something. But there are plants there to help us to get over different things, like psychoactive plants, for example, can help you to see reality in a very more interesting and wonderful way, while sometimes you maybe see the world maybe too strong and too interesting and too funny way. And then you can spin into something called manic depression something and in the end end up on kind of pharmaceutical medicine and pills uh, that uh, they will keep on letting the medical industry survive on their misery natural medicine is the way to go now like away from this so they're going to the deepest of that in uh, sumerian and uh, egyptian culture they, it's the first time they kind of wrote about uh, the poppy Poppy tears or God's drug or whatever you want to call it or the most addictive substance that is known to man almost uh, destroyed many lives but also is the most important medical one of the most important medical plants of the human species in extreme situations of extreme pain can relieve uh, as people seem to know a little bit let's try synthesized into many different forms like heroin now many other much much stronger 
versions that people die as flies of in United States because they kind of like block out uh, your interest in learning about how horrible life is and sometimes it seems like people need that in this situation and now the pharmaceutical industry is using that to just like fuck up people and control and make a lot of money on it so like okay it takes away all the pain but I want to experience pain so now I'm on cold turkey this is my fourth day on cold turkey after two months of abusing opium and uh, it feels like shit it really feels horrible <laughs> I didn't sleep this night and I have a couple of more not sleeping night for sure in uh, waiting for uh, pain in legs pain in knees pain in back pain everywhere uh, not able to, to, to think clearly dripping nose something that's really bad now in this corona times uh, and uh, sneezing and stuff like this kind of symptoms are trying to keep away from people right now uh, wearing my mask this uh, this uh, is what I'm experiencing right now I come from Norway has one of the most biggest heroin abuse uh, abusers a group of abusers in the world and uh, it took some of my friends with them in uh, that uh, I could see I saw my friends dying from it and uh, yeah and I wouldn't really accept opium as a natural medicine uh, now I had a period of time where I was uh, seriously almost killing myself because of uh, shit going on in my life and and I needed a break and for me uh, I have to honestly say I fall in love uh, with uh, that, that it could help me in that period and now the cold turkey I'm experiencing now is less than the suffering I had when I needed it. The opium is for my medical cabinet, for special situations and for special things uh, happening to people that uh, need it in a, a very acute situation. And I thank you, um, gods of plants and uh, universe, for teaching me that every plant is usable, but this one especially takes away the meaning of life that is experiencing suffering and is experiencing the duality of emotions and without that we can't evolve and develop as human beings and develop our consciousness and then maybe it's game over if it is some kind of uh, thing that we are supposed to learn here from something admit that it sucks and admit that sometimes it's some people who can't deal with that and we should try to take care of those people in the best way and that it's part of our culture and part of helping a lot of people, also destroying many lives, but that's what life is about, so... It was the first day uh, I sound still positive. Yeah, the first day it sounds like you're a little bit hyperactive in, like, normal. And even, almost little, even more hyperactive than normal. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, so I think I was very excited about what I was going to do and uh, didn't really realize what will happen yet. So we will come to that later. It happened something amazing here in Oaxaca. I've got a law against selling unhealthy products, very sugary, shitty products packed in, in plastic. It got forbidden to sell it to kids under 18. It has the same age limit now as alcohol. For you who don't know, Oaxaca is a state in Mexico where we currently are sending from. They think it's unhealthy and addictive to kids. Addictions, I think I maybe managed to get off a little bit of my sex addiction. Uh, for the people who didn't know, I, me and Leona uh, used to be part of a project called Fuck for Forest. Uh, you can check it out, it still exists on fuckforforest.org, where we collected money to, for ecological projects through having sex something that helped to, to really build up my sex addiction to a point where I lost kind of control over it. Uh, and that's a kind of natural thing, that's like eating. When, when it's putting like heroin abuse next to eating abuse, 
rather die like with the kind of cool junky friends in the street somewhere than die obese and fat but and it's not everybody that, like, that get this uh, sexual addiction though because if you have a healthy sex life i don't think you get abstinence unhealthy abstinence when you stop having sex i think that well, is what addiction is is when you get abstinence and you can't well, sleep and you can't you you put the normal things to the side to priority your addiction no Uh, look at my, mm. look at my dog. He's uh, he's reacting when he smells vagina around him, uh, like dog vagina. Uh, he reacts uh, in a way that is similar to how I react inside my head. Uh, I manage to keep the noise and the frustration and the twitches back. Okay, look at my dog. When she's in heat, now she's sterilized, but when she was in heat, she fucked any dog that came close to her almost. That's like most of my female friends in Berlin also. This doesn't make it. It's cultural, I think. But just because your dog don't have any moral... Cultural, I don't know. I think people here are also sexual frustrated and they also have sex even behind people's backs, which is their tactic here as it's cultural, not accepted to fuck around. Well, everyone I talk to says that it's accepted, but you just don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that I know. It's also it's accepted. Like, it's, it's not possible to like stop it. It's also accepted to lynch a person that did something wrong. So it's like you fucked the wrong person in the wrong place. It's kind of accepted to just kill you by a big group of angry people that just like hang you and then later found out that maybe it was not you anyway. Yeah, it's the law is working like that and that's so fine. So what's the difference with sex addiction than a normal sexual active life? Yeah, what's the difference between alcohol addiction and just like liking to drink? every day for example you can misuse alcohol but when it becomes addiction is for example when you start drinking it in the morning out of the normal patterns okay so addiction is based on addiction is based on the normal pattern of other people so if also your own pattern what is accepted for you so in china when they had like five million opium addicted people it was kind of so normal that it was like it's not an addiction anymore it was just like norm, normal people's I mean, life if you put the addiction in front of your life and your family then you're pretty much addicted people that think they have to work nine to four every of nine to five every day in a boring job they hate actually is addiction addicted to thinking that they need to do that there is people that are addicted to work for example addicted to work that's true but workaholics that, they're called also and then you're not enjoying it You enjoy it until a point where you still have to do it even if you don't enjoy it just because you feel that you have to do it. To be nymphomanic is it like a female addiction to sex that has been considered special because I guess because of a lot of restriction made on women about how they could deal with the sexualities as soon as a woman is sexually very outgoing she's considered being uh, an nymphomanic while a guy that is very outgoing sexually is just considered being normal definition of a nymphomanic is that they have sex but don't enjoy it. I can say that I did that same in the end of my sexual uh, rush, uh, where I needed new sexual kicks, uh, usually to save nature, but at the same time, a um, lot for myself, uh, started to feel like a woman. I don't like all you the time feel good after feel dirty. A, after. You don't know how it feels like to be a woman. Oh. Sex, I'm still, it's not really sure if it's a if it's really is addiction or not. I, some say yes, some say no. Uh-huh. Well, uh, so yeah, alcohol, drugs, shopping, 
gambling. So shopping is an addiction. Shopping, yeah. So, so. Yeah, then that's also in the same category as sex. Definitional wisely, they can't really. Some say yes, some say no. Really. Mm-hmm. But we have a new kind of uh, addiction that is uh, recently discovered. It's like mobile phone addiction to mobile phones. Addiction to social media. Yeah, social media is a lot of people now going to therapy for being addicted to social media and mobile phones. Uh, Romantic dramas I also read. I would then prefer uh, old style. I'm a little bit more old style addiction person than uh, go back to the roots of addiction and through going into this like new age uh, popular uh, addictions of days. Time seems to be more boring than the other types of addictions that where people actually were shooting heroin and making like a rock band and going crazy. People, the st- people still shoot <coughs> shoot heroin, but there's not so many rock bands anymore. No, it's probably because the people who shoot heroin also got addicted to social media, I guess, instead and just sit uh, their whole day complaining online about their horrible life. So the best would be to start a rock band first and then got addicted to heroin. Uh, there are many people out there that did it in the wrong way. They got inspired and they're like, oh yeah, if I just start drugs, then I will be rock star. But it's actually going the other way. It's like, oh yeah, I want to be a rock star. Oh, the people suck so much. I also start drugs. I think majority I have... of people actually do not have a manager taking care of them. Oh no? Majority of people addicted to heroin have not a manager. If you're a successful artist, a rock artist or something. Well, there's not so many of them. There used to be, and, uh, well... That was uh, some generations ago. Now we have internet-based uh, artists and uh, or th- things that is absolutely without content or feeling. Yeah, and that comes to Facebook, for example, where people now are addicted to making f- selfies. I know that the addiction to to mobile phone, for example, a friend of us in Berlin was looking for the charger. She was asking Leona where it was, asking me where it was. And when we said we didn't know, she freaked out. It's dying. Yeah, she has a special relationship to this mobile phone that I never managed to build up. So I'm kind of happy when my mobile phone dies and I don't have to listen to any messages or shit people try to send me. I'm pretty happy being disconnected. I know, I know myself that I wouldn't be interested in being addic- addicted to that. But what I think heroin will make more people addicted if they take it for a longer time. I don't think I can make myself addicted for sitting on social media for mm, some weeks to try to make myself addicted to it. I think it would be really difficult for me to be addicted to it. Coffee, opium, like tobacco. Tobacco nicotine is one of the most addictive substances in the world, also one of the most poisonous. It's not many people that can handle to get away from that if you first start. If you're addicted to shopping, I I would say you're just stupid. It's like, okay, you can't use low intelligence as a way. Oh yeah, you're addicted to shopping. No, you're just an asshole. You spend all your money on bullshit. You say, I can't stop myself. Yeah, that's because you're an idiot. You have no chemical thing that keeps you. Then you can say like, if you're an asshole, you're like sick or you have a psychological disease just because you're an asshole, but then most human beings are seriously sick. Is it really okay yeah, to say that gambling is an addiction? But you never was addicted to this and you will never be addicted to this. But it's not everybody that gets addicted to alcohol that tries it either. Then I think sex is a more addictive substance because it releases different kind of chemicals in your brain. That's what happens when you're shopping also. You kind of trick yourself to think that you get something. Yeah, I just think that the, the addiction, maybe it's addictive 
but maybe it's not as strong addictive as heroin or tobacco or something like this that is really hard to stop, but it can still be addictive. Yeah, but then everything can be addictive. Exactly. Then, like watching television, jogging, everything, uh, working with whatever can be addictive, anything. So you are just so talking I, about time. addictions that are chemically addictive. I think addiction is is that gambling, the other is more what, compulsive behavior. It, gambling it, then. Gambling is also something you create psychologically. I think you get the reward in your brain every time you win and you have like a hope of winning and that creates some kind of sensation of happiness in the moment and when you lose everything you feel bad and then you can't stop it because you you think that you will be able to catch in what you lost and the feeling of trying to catch that will all the time make you somehow fake feeling of happiness isn't it just by being isn't that just the still thing, being stupid but I, yeah i think it's stupid but it's also stupid to start heroin when you know it can make you addicted no? well you didn't try heroin so don't say talk about stuff you don't know leona i said i think no uh, yeah so you are judging the sex addict the shopping addict and the gambler yeah. just because you could not become like them but when i'm saying i can judge the heroin addict okay then i am judgeful i go and shop for two weeks i know you've been a little bit shopping addicted also it also gives you some kind of pleasure when you go shopping and then afterwards you come home and you're like oh shit what did i just do yeah but i think that's just because i'm a moron i think it's just because i'm an idiot i i think it's psychological it's just the same as if you lose a girlfriend or something and you feel the suffering you choose to feel that suffering and no you can if you are able to have control over your mind stop feeling that suffering by yourself just what you told yourself that this you need that's just you being an egocentric asshole it's a different thing if you put something in your body that makes you feel bad if you don't get it Well, you're also a stupid egocentric asshole, I guess, because you knew from before you took it that that could make you addicted. Really? So you're just a crybaby. Mm, yeah. According to what you just uh, classifying as uh, addiction or not addiction. And my thought from the beginning was also that addiction was a chemical addiction, that it had something to do with the chemistry in your brain and things like this. So for me then, gambling, sex, shopping was also a little bit not what i thought really was addiction but when i read up classification that is also in the gray area they don't really know if it's uh, addiction or if they call it addiction but people go to therapy for all these things i think it's just for the therapist to make more money and they could have just say said to them like, like i don't want to deal with you not be able to keep your money in the way you should like if you sh- buy yourself no, a lot of shit that you don't need that's your problem really but the thing is that they start for the same reason as you took the opiates for example you started opium because you had problems with reality many people that start with gambling with <laughs> sex and shopping they also have a problem a trauma or something that happened that makes them do this to feel pressure to escape from their problems now Yeah, so okay, let's hear how it uh, went further with my uh, rehab. For three or four hours away from last interview, where I have been through one night, a horrible night without um, sleeping uh, whatsoever. I'm not so happy as I was before. Realize I have to do a lot of shit, like my life, I have to deal with stuff. 
Well, uh, I still wait it out. It's still just waiting, uh, waiting for some days. Uh, so opium addiction seems to keep people at least thin and uh, not needing so much resources from the planet as factor people need. So it's uh, it's what is addiction and what is worse for society, um, food or opium. Uh, when you start your addiction, something you have to choose anyway. It's very few that have no addiction, for example, to, sh- to sugar. Friends from around me that try to grow up children have a big problem to keep that away from people because it's impossible if you get the child in the society, you have to keep them in the box if they're not going to eat sugar. And sugar is one of the most powerful drugs on the planet. Uh, yeah, many times it's more tolerated or less tolerated by society, like being fat is kind of tolerated, being junky not. So try your addictions out, that's the most important. Try them out, see how you feel with them, and then uh, choose the one that is right for you. So addictions can be really destructive for many people. Uh, I have a friend, for example, struggling with heroin for many years, and. He, he kind of wanted to get off, T- told me all the time that that is his big goal to stop drugs. So actually he's going on uh, Subutex, that's a type of methadone substitute for heroin. I know now it's much worse than opium itself. I've seen it. We live in a place where it grows opium everywhere. Just everyone has to like teach the like, don't pick that, don't know, don't take the tears of that one. All the time it's just growing like hell. My, my friend is addicted to this Subutex switch to opium, uh, something I saw was mm, a lot better for his body and mind. I don't know for how long, but for a pretty long time it seems that it was much, much more healthy for him and much more healthy alternative, something I then realized that this is all about the medical industry, I want to keep control over the drug and it's great to have addicted people to sell drugs too, because you know the money will come. So uh, they found a way to just legalize uh, types of uh, opioids uh, that many times is much more strong and much more destructive than opium itself and then say that this is much better as long as you take this, as long as you take this you somehow, uh, society recognize that you're on a medicine because you're sick so then it's okay to give you work and to let you do things that they wouldn't let any junkie do but he's also saying all this stuff that he want to quit but i don't think he wants to i think it's all the society has created this idea about what is okay to do or what not to do what's addiction what's not and, and what is okay to be addicted to so you can be addicted to food for example it's a much less serious addiction than heroin, even if it kills probably a lot more people than heroin do to eat bad products and things like this. And it's gets sold everywhere in fancy packages, colors, many times promoted, especially for children. That's why we want to give a thank you to Mexico and Oaxaca that's revolutionized the world with a law that prohibits these kind of products to kids. Uh, under 18. Very destructive for your body, very bad, but still considered by society being okay to give to your children. And many people are serious addicted to this, and many people die as a consequence of these food habits. Still, it's a lot less pressure. If you go to a fat person and all the time is like, yeah, we're going to stop, we're going to be thinner, you're so fat, you're going to be thinner. Because my grandmother was like this to a very close uh, person in my family, and I saw that this kind of pressure makes addiction stronger. It makes, because many times people have an addiction because they're sad about life, therefore replace uh, their the reward system with something they like, like chocolate or 
or coffee more or, or drugs or whatever. Like opiums just make you don't care about the reality around you. This is a perfect thing for people that is really sad and depressed and think all life is horrible and there's a way to escape that. So then when people then come and say, la la la, la you have to quit, you have to quit, oh this is bad, you're a junkie. This makes the person lie to people around them because maybe this person actually is okay with uh, being on opium as long as they would have the, have it provided. Society now let provide people with this Subutex or with the methadone to keep the people on the drugs and he got too much of the pills, so you had to go to the doctors and say, like, hey, you give me too much, they want you to take more. It was a way to like stop drugs, but it seems like the, the industry just tried to keep you taking it as long as possible. So he's now not sick anymore because he's on legal, accepted version of opium. And at the same time, he has to say to people around him, no, I don't want to be like this because he feeds the pressure. Hey man, here, here's a farm of opium. Uh, you can work here, uh, you get all the opium for free and you produce opium for the medical industry because opium is actually one of the most important medical plants for humanity. Since humans have tried to modify it to a more safe drug, uh, <laughs> something that went really wrong, that's how heroin got produced, is produced through the medical industry to try to create a safer opium, but I think it's actually to create a more addictive, at least that's what that get used for now. Because why couldn't you just let the junkies grow their own stuff in the first place or have the real plant? Maybe when they feel that it's not so bad to take it and that society acknowledges that the world is horrible and that there are some people that can, just can't handle it and they need a break from that. And that's why they take the drugs in the first place. If just let the, these people feel like that, Maybe it would be easier for them to stop. Here's a little bit more of me stopping. Day five of detoxing from opium. Uh, it's not very funny anymore and not so lively as yesterday. I would say, like, <sighs> the first days are fine, like morphine stays in your body for 70 hours, about, and if you don't get too hooked, it's. The first days you can ride off pretty easy, no problem. And then um, first night yesterday was the first really horrible. This night, uh, last night was just not be able to sleep because of twisting and turning, not be able to relax at all. And I totally impossible to sleep, like one hour, one second, nothing, no, no relax. Nothing really helps against it. The only thing that would help against it was would be more opi opium. So that's not an option here. This night has been more like a symphony of suffering. Going from freezing while sweating, while having headache, while having pain in body, and not being able to relax. It's kind of build up for something new like I didn't have yesterday. Yesterday was just a twist, twist twisting, and I thought that was pretty bad already and then that today I can the night tonight I can start to feel like really why people just can't deal with it and just decide to take opium again and say it's a medicine or something to just cure this hell ride that you experience it's like I, you you will cry for mommy and God and try to find yourself in new ways to piece your little destroyed soul back together again without having so fucking much pain in your soul and mind and bones and everything is just struggling to deal with this oh god 
to manage to pick up this uh, the sound recorder and do the segment on that I can't really talk too long I will puke uh, can't even walk so uh, uh, well it's not the best I could maybe I needed a friend to take care of me right now but uh, I put myself in this by myself and I I stopped sounding so hyperactive there and uh, I, th- I think, yeah, what reality started to sink in <laughs> on me that it was not so funny anyway. Yeah, you can try it yourself at home uh, if you want to and then see if you can get off it. It's not a very pleasant thing, but it's absolutely not uh, undoable. And in the end, I think the psychological effect of a feeling that you can't uh, involve yourself with the normal thoughts of being alive anymore when those things come back again i think that's worse to deal with than actually the pain and suffering from the plant itself that you have to go through while quitting it yeah i learned that it's a very useful medical plant but in very very extreme situations uh, for people that really need uh, some calmness in the moment because of very very horrible things happening to them but it's not something you should take every day. (laughs) Addiction has led to many, many good things also in our world. Like it's led to that people created a a little bit more interesting character through their way of suffering in a different angle. Uh, For example, William S. Burroughs, Naked Lunch, very famous beat generation writer, uh, very inspired by opiates and heroin. And uh, many, many rock stars out there from Rolling Stones to David Bowie to even John Lennon has been addicted to heroin and uh, it was in the 70s and 80s kind of a big thing in the art and music scene many places and it killed a lot of my friends in Norway that is one of the (laughs) heroin capitals of the world so in popular culture it got like a lot of interesting movies like Trainspotting came out when I was uh, kind of a kid and it made a lot of people fine because Ewan McGregor was very sexy and handsome a lot of people uh, just started heroin because they felt it was cool. Uh, it's like it be- made like glorified. I still won't get that. When I look at the movie Transporting, I liked it a, a lot, but it was not like oh, I'm going to do heroin after I watch that. Like it looks horrible to do cold turkey. It looks horrible a lot of scenes. Do some okay, maybe it's cool, but it did not look pleasurable colored with very interesting uh, or very in the time type of music that uh, fitted for a lot of the kids in the underground uh, scene in that time and it appealed especially through the music I think the music and that they were kind of sexy with the main main actor and he managed to get out of it in the end so it's kind of not showing like okay he's dying or in a horrible way or had to prostitute his little cute asshole and he forgetting those money for that next next kick it's not it's not showing that wasn't there women that was prostituting themselves for the money in the movie i don't remember because it's easier okay if i could prostitute myself also for getting money for drugs i would do it when i was younger i could uh, basically i was cute many gay boys liked me but since i prefer women i, I now i think okay maybe i should have started a little bit earlier i would have probably made a lot of money on that uh, now I think it's too late. What's happening now in, in the United States is that, the, uh, and probably other places in the world also, is that a lot of people 
that was not this type of low life scum like most of my friends that just felt like taking drugs because they were bored. They were actually kind of normal, and it's funny to say normal people going to the doctor because they had some kind of disease for, or they broke a leg or something like this and then the doctor gave them morphine for a little bit too long time go to the doctor and he's like, oh yeah, doctor, I start to feel addicted to this. Do you think that is bad? And the doctor, no, this is a phantom addiction. That is, that is not an addiction. The problem is that you not take enough drugs. You have to take more and then you feel less. But the doctor clearly says that you're not fucked enough on the drugs to not care about that you're addicted because the doctor wants you to be addicted all the time. And like you come and say, yeah, I'm getting addiction symptoms. I don't want that. And he's like, yeah, but it's not, it's not really addiction what you have. It's actually because you have too little dose of the drug, so you should take more of it. A common practice now in America, I read. Some people just got addicted because they just had pain in their foot or something, and suddenly they they are addicted to pills that cost them over $300 a day, and then it's easier to switch to heroin because it's much cheaper on the street, and bang, you have heroin addicts. That was just going through the medical industry, basically. And then they lost their customer. So put the prices on the drugs down at least, so people can afford it when you made them so fucking addicted. It can't be that expensive to produce this shit. Like have a little bit of uh, sympathy for the for your patients, no? Or have a test before, like how is your economy? Like could you afford being addicted to these painkillers or? What's the deal? I haven't really had this problem. Some people just seem to becoming addicted to things much easier than other people. They say that it can be that you can be born with it. That you maybe it's about the upbringing. If you see your parents being totally fucked all the time on all kind of drugs, it could be that it maybe normalize it for you if you're there kids no and then later it's like yeah yeah my parents took it so i can do it maybe not that it's so genetic but i think maybe some genetics research on this also also it could be a type of people that not not afraid of testing their borders for example so they have it easier to get addicted because there's also compulsive behavior and compulsive behavior and addictions are very similar because compulsive behavior is that you're repeating the same thing which is then the same could be addiction no so it's very hard to define what is addiction and what is compulsive behavior. Because compulsive behavior, there's a lot more funny things. What they say is the difference between compulsive behavior and addiction is that addiction originates from that you get some kind of pleasure out of it. While when you have a compulsive behavior, it doesn't really give you that. It gives you more relief from the anxiety or the fear. And you usually when you have a compulsive behavior, you're afraid of changing that ritual because then something bad will happen to you. While when you're addicted, you have a, like something chemistry in your brain that gives you, in the beginning, give you pleasure and that's why you want to continue it because you want to reach that point again. If you had to be addicted to something, what kind of addiction would you prefer? I mean, I am addicted to, right now I think I'm addicted to sugar. Yeah, that's what I'm addicted to in the moment. To be addicted for kind of, it's like boring to be addicted for too long. Maybe it's just, uh, I don't find it interesting enough to be addicted. Maybe the people that are addicted has some kind of interesting, special feeling towards their addiction that makes them continue their search in that direction. But I... Addiction, 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 four hours, I slept four hours, something that I would believe would save my head a lot, but uh, 
in the night uh, trying to figure out what to do uh, how I feel like even kind of worse now in the daytime than I felt before daytime I could handle before and the nighttime was horrible now it kind of in this symphony of suffering changed direction and now returning to myself and the reason why I started this in the first place why I needed some break from this sometimes horrible reality or sometimes very loving uh, depending how you want to see it and I had a moment yesterday I couldn't talk anymore uh, so I didn't talk about it but uh, in all that suffering I had that some seconds of feeling a little bit more calm and it felt like paradise in comparison with that and I was sitting outside enjoying some other type of addictions while quitting another like a cigarette and and some chocolate and sugar and coffee the first rays of sunlight hit me and I felt really alive and I really appreciate that in all that self-inflicted suffering I'm trying trying to avoid very deeply connected to my life mission of learning about love and this connection to that subject something I seem to did not have learned very much about and is failing dramatically in this in life and therefore spin into abuse of different substances. Limitations are too big limitations for being able to just surf through this life without any kind of relief. So you Buddhists and stuff, the suffering is the way to consciousness. Maybe I've managed to avoid it for quite a long time, but then I, me, my ego, my relationship to everything around me spin me into digging my own pit of misery and then and it helped me it really really helped me in that moment uh, I think the suffering I'm going through right now it's is something I still have control over or something I still know what why it is like that and I know I can ride it off while depression and misery in life it seems like it comes out of blue sky, it can hit you at any moment. And the universe shows you that all those thoughts was just up your own ass and you're just a bullshit piece of bug on this planet. And then trying to piece yourself back together again. Well, it can be a transforming experience. Let's hope that. We took a small break there. All, all this talking about addiction made me somehow inspired to continue my addiction. So got a little bit boring to sit and talk about all this stuff without having some more real connection to it. the water there, you know, it's bubbling too much. God, addictions can be so, make life so much more interesting, no, when you're bored. Maybe this addictions is just like way for people who don't have it to complain about people that have something. It's a certain kind of people though, maybe people that search for answers that are a little bit more out of the box. Yeah, well, psychedelic drugs teach me that uh, you shouldn't be addicted to anything, you should try to stay away from addictions. And addictions teach me my limitations and my ego and how stupid I really am, and that's good to get you down on the earth. I know a lot of people like took too much LSD, for example, and they think that they know everything, they think they got it. But sorry, you didn't. You're still a... Some of my like fucking hippie friends 
do have a very high level of thinking they can change the world or fucking change yourself man you're a fucking prick you just talk cool but you act like an asshole still maybe you should start opium no and get things real <laughs> it's better to point the finger at yourself than point the finger at others i think the drug policy in most places in the world have gone totally wrong and it's like fighting the people that has a problem because of that the world is fucked if you want people off drugs maybe fix the world first don't expect people to just be able just because you can handle it because you're a fucking psychopath or you have some kind of fetish oriented attachment to fucked up shit and suffering in the world and can actually deal with it because you find it funny in some kind of dark way if you get, don't do that it's not that funny you know so maybe you like realize like okay god if it is anyone there or if it is a god the nature created uh, some plants that uh, can stop it but it has consequences because life is about learning also through suffering fuck you buddhists but okay you're right some suffering needs to be implanted in life to create like the balance of everything i guess so also going into that part to check like the measurement no how deep you can go in the negative way how far you can go in the positive way is somehow like understanding more of the complexity of life and people who just stay on like oh, i'm so positive actually are sometimes the most fucking negative people in the world and can you actually get addicted to for example psychedelic drugs like ayahuasca or can you get addicted to uh, lsd I... can you get addicted to this kind of stuff in in a way There are people in this world that can get addicted to anything. That some people call mind-altering or mind-expanding substances prevent you from taking dr- drugs that destroy you. But then also, like, higher consciousness is connected to seeing the world with more clear eyes and maybe realizing how much more fucked it really was than what you thought. And it can spin into maybe manic depression and stuff if you don't have irony of life or that kind of quasi-spiritual connection where you think there's a floaty spiritual creature that created everything <laughs> out there somewhere and you focus on that and that keeps you alive and that's why we have religion I guess like somehow like some kind of safety network for the human mind in case everything is just nonsense and it is anyway we make nonsense anyway even oh. if things make sense in all that nonsense there are some sense and the psychoactive drugs can teach us that and I, I think you can get addicted to it yeah if you are a special type of person the only psychoactive plant I know that is addictive is marijuana it's it's somehow psychological addictive but it's not like a big deal and it doesn't destroy your life and you can quit it it's more like you don't want to oh i feel i should stop smoking so much because i'm like maybe i will be a better person and more active or create do more stuff but it's like no please man don't do more stuff that's the problem of humanity now is that we progress too fast try to be a little bit slower and just be happy with the small things you do in the moment instead of thinking okay i don't do enough If you have food, sex and safety, you should just actually do as most animals. You should fucking lay on your back and lick the sun and be happy. Not consistently try to find happiness. I guess that's also type of addiction, no? Always looking for something more. It's always like the cookie that you ate uh, and never gonna get the same kind of taste as the first time you just ate it and it was like the most delicious things you ever try to taste. Suddenly you are like making that cookie and you cook it every day, eat it every day and, just, and then you can't see this fucking cookie without getting 
pain in your stomach and but you still want and then it. you start opium because you have nothing more to live for and then you're just addicted to it and then you be more addicted to the cookie but I already lost interest in the cookie and after some time you the opiates also make you lose interest in that and you're like okay it doesn't work in the same way I can't get that high anymore and I can take more and die I don't know but the cookie makes you fat and die of some kind of heart disease or something so maybe it's about like how you want to die and then if you're addicted you do a lot of weird stuff that I did not know and people generally don't know like for example you wash your ass squirting water into your ass because you can't shit anymore I did not know you like, didn't know that so maybe you people also didn't know and you take opiates over a longer time you get kind of constipated and you can't really shit and sometimes have to drag the shit out of your ass with your fingers pretty nasty if you shoot heroin you kind of in the end have no more blood veins to shoot you shoot it up your ass or you find blood veins in weird places on your body is people have shot heroin in their eyeball. That's how great it is. That's how good it makes you feel that you are willing to just do this and get ass fucked or whatever to just get the fucking drug, you know? But in the end, it's just that pursuit, you know? You don't have to pursue sex or money or... Yeah, money. Fuck. The same with food. If you gave food to everyone, uh, people would be more peaceful. And the same with uh, if you gave drugs to all the junkies and gave them some junkie-oriented job, like, for example, growing opium. Just deal with the drugs. They are drug-interested people. If they want to be drug-interested, why not use them for drug-related work? Maybe they are not good workers. It's the same with the people in California now. They're speaking weed for the pharmaceutical industry. They're all, like, they're, like, 95% weed smokers, no? Well, they can smoke on work, no? They can smoke on work. They can smoke for free. They work with the plant they love. Why, why not get use of this? people like I'm sure like opium. I agree but I think there's too many people that use opiates and use weed that to work on all these farms yeah but you have other kind of works also in other type of gardens or with other kind of things could be possible actually when you smoke weed you can have a normal job yeah. that's not like and you can you also know. you can also do that when you take opiates actually but it's the society stigmatization of it instead of realizing what the real problem is that the world is horrible and the stuff you get from the medical industry is not so much better you go to the doctor they give you all this chemical shit that says on the box that it can kill you and it also can make you addicted and give you kidney failure or can you eat it's because you have to because you have pain in your back I think what happened is when society criminalized different type of plants and some people just don't accept laws that don't make sense So, for example, when they get confronted with trying things, they understand that alcohol is really bad. For, they understand that that's a drug also. It's okay by society. Before, when it was totally new, it was part of like a culture of medicine and things like this, and people knew about the plants. Then suddenly people lost all the interest in plants, and now it's been replaced by chemicals many times based on plants to be able to sell it and have monopoly on it. The kids now can see like, oh yeah, those people, oh, those smoke, those people smoke weed. They don't seem like fucked up people. <laughs> like, oh, those people take heroin. You can kind of like, you kind of know now a lot of the effect of different drugs. And to lie to kids about it doesn't really work because it's all around us in the popular culture, in our music, can't be removed from the human consciousness. And I think humans have some kind of interest from nature in plants. So, and all these drugs that is produced by the medical industry is the new plant. It's based many times on plants, it's chemical. Trick people to think that that's better. It also has consequences. Everything has consequences. 
to say that all drugs are bad will make any clever young person understand that society just talk shit, therefore this distance themselves more and more from that and end up in kind of like an underground culture. Or you mean the society, you mean the government, no? Yeah. Because the... it's very different from country to country. That also makes you question things, because in some country, weed are, for example, legal to smoke. And in another country, they say weed is very dangerous. I've been visiting Holland sometimes, and most of the Dutch people, when they see a foreigner going into a bar, uh, a smoke shop, taking the biggest bong and buying the most crazy hash or weed, and putting a big dose of it inside and then smoking it and ending up on the floor. The, the Dutch people look at that as just, it's just like Norwegian people on the Danish ferry drinking too much, destroying everything. It's not a cultural pride to be like that in a country that understand more that you make your own rules and you can take your own risks. They have a very, very more relaxed relationship to it. So you can see that in places more liberal, that also the people don't abuse it in the same way. Give people, adult people, a chance to, to, to understand things and be more responsible for their life. And maybe they become more responsible. So legalize all drugs. Yeah, legalize all drugs. Yeah, exactly. Even if they give addictions. Because sugar gives addictions. Like, yeah, food gives addictions. People die from food. People die from... Yeah, smoking is definitely bad. It still became part of the culture that was really difficult to make totally forbidden, even if society tried. So, well, yeah, I think people should be allowed to make their own mistakes and then society will get return in that people would believe more in society, even if that's a small detail that needs to be changed. Impossible with all of us being fucking assholes, no? Yeah, drugs doesn't make us better people or worse people. But I'm not sure. When I saw you getting hooked on those uh, pharmaceutical pills, you were very annoying. So it's like I just went to the doctor and because I couldn't sleep, I had some personal problems. She gave me Rivotril. That made me sleep and it also made me be able to work, but in a kind of mechanical robot kind of way. Suddenly I missed certain months of my life. I don't really, I remember bits and bits there. Oh, well, we remember it. It was pretty intense. I think that's the worst relationship I have to any kind of behavior or mind-changing substances you can put into. Uh, it makes you really dark and it takes away all your emotions. <laughs> the question is then, did you have this in you from before or is this something that <laughs> came with the... With the medicine in this case. I don't think it produced a different person. It just took away all most of what was good in me and just kept the kind of like mechanical part staying. Totally against what I always try to do in my life. So it's, a, it's kind of interesting experience. And I, you can also try that, people, but come on. It's so much interesting plants or interesting things to do in this world. <laughs> it's unnecessary, I think. I think it. I think it would be better off being a junkie, even on heroin. <laughs> a friend of me burned inside because of he was addicted to this stuff and cooked food one day and fell asleep somewhere and is buffed dead. Well, that's something I can do even if I was not on pills. I don't have to be. Oh, the pharmaceutical industry so evil and produce shit that destroys. I know this 
fuck this shit and it's produced I think it's produced by the Nazis or something like this the Germans was like I talked about Hitler before and the Germans was like responsible for experimenting and producing a lot of different type of drugs because after the first world war there was no restrictions against substances or nothing and they were allowed to experiment with it freely and I think actually that this kind of these chemicals got made in like pre-Nazi time by the same people is that war is some kind of addiction of humanity also somehow always were like warriors or something and humans being addicted to learning how to fight people and kill people is more accepted than just being lazy in your apartment taking heroin. But were people in the before times, old times, now we're talking about indigenous people in the forest, were they ever addicted to things? Because they also took psychedelics, frags or whatever you would call it. I think addictions were in many, many cultures of native tribes were kind of looked down at. Did they exist though? I think they had like kind of alcoholic beverages. Like al- al- alcohol is famous for being kind of addictive. Yeah, but when did that come? That was like already in modern time, no? I'm talking before yeah, modern I, times. I, I think they were addicted to like snuff, tobacco, to different types of snuff mixes uh, with tobacco. They used a lot of tobacco. Sex, maybe, orgasms. Orgasms is addictive. Yeah, but were the indigenous people addicted to orgasms? I don't know how many times you have to accommodate to be addicted to it. Psychologically, is is it some kind of limits? If I go to my psychiatrist, that is like a uh, he's like top level psychiatrist of understanding what the fuck is happening in psychiatry right now, and he's just how many times do you masturbate today? How many do I have to say for him? Okay, this guy is sick. He has a serious problem. I think it's gone up like 100 years ago. You'd be like, oh, I masturbate five times a day. The guy would be like, okay, mental asylum. Now it's going to be like 649 times well, a day. As a, well, as a woman and having a guy that is addicted to orgasm is a little pretty annoying. You remember we were in this uh, sex uh, party in Denmark where there was this Japanese uh, kid. On like the a, sex marathon. Yeah, it was a sex marathon, like a, a kind of Olympic Games in the kind of sexual sexuality. So it was about how long you can masturbate, how many orgasms you can come, how far you can come. This Japanese guy, 20 maybe, or younger even, he's dressed up in superhero costume and he he won all the things. He had the chronic masturbational syndrome. That's like, what they called it, chronic masturbation. What is chronic masturbation? That is you that masturbate a... all the time, basically. So, Every time you have the chance, you masturbate. Even is that an obsession or is it an addiction? It could be a mix of both. Yeah, maybe he's uh, addicted to the orgasm, but chronically uh, obsessive, he's masturbating. Yeah, but also the pleasure while masturbating can give you like addiction to that pleasure. No, it, it's a pleasure. That we said, pleasure but is, is a pleasure, part of addiction. But I guess if you're masturbating constantly, the pleasure disappears and you get pain in your penis. It's got rub wounds. Yeah, it gets like it happened one time with me when I took MDMA when I was a kid and I would try to masturbate for a really long time. And was, if you know MDMA, it's not a very good drug it's a chemical drug and it's like making your dick if you're a guy sometimes really not functioning people decided that um, some people are okay with the combined with the viagra and shit and then they die from heart failure that's super funny i was like masturbating all the time and then the dick was not going up no and it ended up with me having like wounds on my dick because I didn't want to give up. I wanted that fucking orgasm. I, I had my times in my life. I was seriously addicted to orgasm. I had just had to have it all the time. 
now I'm a little bit more relaxed about it, but I think, yeah, and I'm sure before, because of own experience that you get to a point where it's not pleasurable anymore and you feel like a dork, you feel like a fucking idiot in that moment. But this guy was a superhero in masturbation and coming here. I don't know how many orgasms he got. It ended up with him winning everything because it was in Denmark and the people seemed to be kind of racistic. Sorry to say, but we were there, On all of us. this event, especially. The event was just for fun. It was it's made by people around Annie Sprinkle. It's not her directly, but friends of her or something, I think, created this masturbation as kind of a... I mean, it's more for having fun and making things not so serious. Yeah. That's the whole point. The whole point is to not make sexuality so serious, to take it out of the closet and make more fun about your body and yourself. And then they are like, yeah, we think you didn't actually come so many times. It seems like we think you just faked orgasms. Because he didn't, could not ejaculate anymore. That was the thing. Like you can't ejaculate after certain. If you come many times after a gun, it doesn't come more come. You can't like just. But you can still have an orgasm. So there was no proof. That was the thing. There was no proof to show that he actually came, and therefore they disqualified him. Yeah, and then we as Fuck for Forest stood up for him and said, you're a fucking racist piece of shit group bullshit, and this guy is super cool. He's cooler than all of you combined. I see that this guy win a lot of stuff. It's like, impossible. Like, come on. What is this event all about? He was way beyond all the other people. Come like, on, he was a chronic masturbator. Yeah. And he had a team from Japan following because of that. It was real. It was a guy for real. No, it was not It was not bullshitting this. And we try, as girls in Fuck for Forest, to flirt him up, but no success. We made photos with him. So yeah. Mama, he's so shy. He had never, he's a virgin. He never had sex, but he was a chronic masturbator. I guess addicted to orgasms, extremely shy when it came to sex. It's good to know you have a friend in, in need, but don't abuse that friend because if you abuse it will be payback time, so that suffering is part of the poetic symphony of life and the symphony of suffering is part of creating a lot of great music and art and reflections of life in general and that part of duality is something we should appreciate and learn to love and cherish the dark side of life but not get addicted to it just like we shouldn't get addicted to pleasure or get addicted to the happy parts of life either the falling from that is, seems to be very high so as a as a plant i guess it's a great teacher if you have an accident or something really bad you will taste it on the hospital where the medical industry is the great organized legal drug dealer of the world and different and different and different types of opioids that humanity have no control over and it seemed like every time they make it a little bit stronger to create a little bit more crazy beast the medical industry is making a lot of money big applause for you guys thank you for showing humanity how stupid and manipulative and easy we are to get tricked away from the real understanding that nature and the medicine that you stole from nature most of the stuff you have kind of 
stole it and reformed it into a kind of chemical compound that you can patent and then sell back to humanity instead of trying to connect humanity to nature in some kind of mystical way where we see that humans and nature somehow are interconnected with each other and then somehow maybe transform the consciousness of humanity and you are stopping that. So thank you. Something to think about. And that's nice. Uh, since I promoted you, maybe you can send me some type A prescription drugs. Uh, yeah, just contact our website. Yeah, but a, quest a question, another question I have, like uh, people that uh, try drugs at all, because you can say like in uh, back to the indigenous people in the forest, as many people look up to, they had like a shaman, a, a special guy in the tribe that took all the drugs and gave it to that people when they were sick or things like this. But now in our society, everybody can take these drugs. Or maybe it's a special kind of people, again, maybe it's a special kind of people get attracted to drugs. Maybe because in their former life or in a natural state, they would take the drugs and be guides. Yeah, but it's still that's still just a disconnection to the medicine way of taking these kind of plants before. No, psychoactive plants is good for people now because they need to return more to the roots and these plants help them. That still doesn't lead to addictions. Like ayahuasca, for example, is a very good way to get away from addictions. And actually now Mexico, where we are staying, is having one of the only places in the world where it's legal with the ibogamina is a root from Africa. I never tried this, but it's a, it's a psychoactive plant the native people in Africa use for healing rituals. They found out that that's very good for stopping withdrawals in symptoms. That means like all the shitty feeling and effect you get after any type of opiate-related substance. So you have receivers in your brain that activates when you take opiates to make that state have like a certain type of receivers in your brain. The native people here in Mexico, in Oaxaca, took another psychoactive plant called Salvia divinorum, that is from Oaxaca. They had to chew it over a longer time and to train your brain to receive it. And one day it suddenly works. Other people found out how to make an extract of it and you can smoke an extract and then bang. Try to use it just leaves without extract, without taking the extract first. It has no effect on you. And if you take the extract, it opens up the receivers for this plant. And after this plant has an effect on you, even if you take small amount of it, of the leaves, not the extract. It's some kind of weird relationship humans have to plants and drugs. And the ritual use of drugs has been definitely a reason for it. And that has been rechanged with chemicals, it's somehow like legal drug dealers selling us People, it's, it's legal to take cocaine in Peru. It's not For legal you, really to take cocaine, the powder, but it's... No, the it's cocaine plant. That the, the cocaine plant, exactly. It's legal in Peru. And when you go to Peru, they sell it everywhere. You can get cocaine plants on the street. You get it in the shop. You get candy with coke. Cocaine in Peru is basically like coffee. It's lollipops with the coke inside. And it's just an energizing plant. And it's good for heights and things like this, I've heard. 
Yeah, it's a it's a very good plant, but then people extracted and made the chemical thing that is also destroying the yeah, destroying nature around. Very polluting it. process to make the white powder. Many thousand times stronger. It's like why it was too strong in the first place. But again, if you are a sport athlete, for example, you're always pushing your borders. If you do skateboarding, you always want to make it higher, you faster, whatever, until you crash. Then uh, that's how you learn, no? Yeah, so but it's the same with drugs, basically. I guess drugs should be considered also like the same as skateboarding. It's some type of extreme sport. Some people want to do it and maybe we should give award to the people who do it best. And that's what happens maybe with rock music and why this... I think it is fine, totally fine in t- uh, as long as it doesn't uh, affect other people that doesn't want to take the drugs. Like and That's what the addiction comes in. As soon as you're addicted, uh, many people addicted to heroin or opiates end up stealing or doing criminal shit just to get uh, money for drugs and that's why society should legalize it and you'll get these people to do something they can do and they get paid with drugs instead of that have to break in and get fucked or whatever to, to just get money for something that could be kind of cheap for them if society would take the suffering of people a little bit more serious. Portugal, no? Where they made uh, it legal. Yeah, in Portugal it's become uh, decriminalized most drugs, no? And it works. It makes le- less overdoses, it makes Uh, society have some kind of communication with the drug users they can catch people not catch but they can kind of help Uh, to inform people in an early state instead of that people are hiding on the ground it gets a communication between the people that take the drug users serious and if you want to masturbate or something and you need some more inspiring pornography please visit fuckforforest.org mothership project and uh, we did this for 15 years is uh, send fuck for forest uh, your own erotic photos and videos and you will have a free access to the website. Uh, if you don't do that, you have to give donations to get access. We always like gifts. Every girl like gifts. Well, I'm a woman now, so we are both girls. Okay, Lucy. For you out there that don't know how to get shaky uh, cramps away and uh, also want the muscle pain away, I guess try some magnesium. This is a mix of calcium, magnesium and zinc and that kind of worked a little bit for me, but it doesn't get away the bad feeling. I still didn't sleep, <laughs> so it's, it's still you feel like shit. So um, yesterday I couldn't really talk so much. I was not in the mood. Now I can't talk, but I've <sighs> now depression comes back. As I said, like being pretty insane and start to get pretty insane. My head moving all the time with like kind of shakes. Haha, <laughs> and tomorrow it's a w- I'm a week and day six. What is I feeling is that I'm actually clean. Stuff in my brain start to self-produce again with opium. It binds to certain receivers in your brain and blocks a lot of the natural functions of how your brain is dealing with pain and pleasure, basically. If you do something good, uh, you get rewarded by your body, but feeling good. If you do something bad, maybe if you would be an... Uh, empathic human something that is not existing so much anymore on this planet you would feel bad about it when you put this plant in you it kind of stops your body from having that uh, self-regulated system out from eradicate that and makes you just feel good <laughs> or makes you just feel relaxed and fine about anything have fucked up with your receivers of what is good and bad and many people start opium because 
of something. It's, it's a root problem to it. I somehow have to figure out what life is about again. I have to now deal with shit. Send me into some kind of depression state where I just want to cry a lot about trust. What we can do in this world to make any sense of it. Uh, all of this spinning around in my head making me cry a lot. We don't know how to trust ourselves or others and it's a reason for that. And we don't know the root of our problems and we don't want to know. And inside all of that there are nice people also and there's love and it's really shitty people with really good parts and there's really good people with really shitty parts and everything is really, really difficult and complicated sometimes with everything. Yeah, it's a lot of shit to struggle with out there and... Uh, there's a lot of magic also. Well, it could have been you, so be nice to the people who get fucked also and try to understand that the world is not that easy and sometimes people try to run away from it and suicide is not for everyone. And, you know, I was doing some masturbation while suffering, also like lying, cold sweating, masturbating, at the same time trying to think about like kind of weird sexual things, just try to mess it up even more and it kind of worked working. I don't fight it, just flow with it or something. That's what I learned from this and uh, that's the duality of life. President of the Philippines decided to make this law that was like as allowed to kill all drug users, all addicted people. When he got voted in, the first thing he did was sending out a list, making a list of all addicts, all dealers, all people that was connected to drugs and told them, okay, you can turn yourself in or else you will get shot. I grew up in a town in Norway where it, we had this civil the civil protection against drug users. It was like a group of kids in their like 18, 19 years old that went out in the newspaper saying they were, if people were smoking hash or marijuana, they would put it on a list so everyone could see who it was. And if they that, that didn't work, they would beat up the people. And then the police is like, we don't like that so much because maybe some innocent people will get hurt. Okay, so it's okay to beat up drug users, uh, kind of clockwork orange style, no? And they're beating up this drunk guy. That's still not okay in that movie. But then there's this police guy saying it's totally okay to beat up people who take drugs, no? Well, in Philippines, you can even earn money on this. This is a working space for a lot of, like, uh, hit men's. It become a hitman market. So if yeah. you are a hitman, you can still, I think this law still applies. You can still go to Philippines, I think, and make money on killing junkies. If you don't like junkies or you just like killing and you like junkies, but you don't give a shit, then you can go there and kill junkies. But you have to work for the police because they still get their part. And not just junkies, people are weed smokers, you know, like that hairy fucking hippie on the corner that's listening to bullshit music. You can fucking shoot him, no? And you get money for it. Yeah, that is in how it is in Philippines, or at least how it was. I hope it is like that. Now I got inspired a little bit. Maybe I will go trip Philippines because we would need some money to continue our show, no? Uh, you want to go as a bounty hunter? Maybe. Mm, yeah, because it's not going to be very successful going there and smoking weed and trying to convince people to take drugs. Oh, fuck. Okay, so I have to deal with all my addiction before going. Is it worth it? I've, my brain just said no right away. That means I don't want to quit the addictions I have right now. Well, the thing was when you were taking those pills, you were very happy with those pills until your eyes turned totally yellow and your liver totally failed. Oh yeah, I had acute liver failure because of overdosing on drugs and alcohol. And that is usually how it ends for an addict, while for an obsessive behavior person that is not how it ends up because 
they are very aware of their addictions or behavior, even if they don't like it, they still have to continue doing it. While an addict usually try to say, no, everything is fine, that's not a problem, I, I'm not addicted. Oh, the first step on the program is admitting you have a problem. Fuck, you take the drugs because you have a problem in the first place. I have a problem, I'm in this world. Oh, I take drugs, first admit the problem. Oh yeah, the world is fucked, that was the problem. Well, the, pro the world is fucked is a very general problem. It's usually the problems are smaller and very specific. Yeah, my I husband got raped. asshole. My I got, got raped, raped by my parents yeah. and my husband and everyone in my whole life. Yeah, so deal with that. You can't deal with that with drugs or what? You can deal with it, but usually that's uh, you just suppressing it, no? Because when you stop taking the drugs, the problems come back. Right now, actually. Or did the problems come back to you that actually was addicted because you had a problem? So yeah, don't be so worried. Yeah, so you try to avoid the question now yeah, or what? I would say the addictions helped me to learn about my limitations, and that's good. The question was more like, after you stopped taking the drugs, after you called Turkey and all that shit, did you still have the same problem? No, and uh, they were not solved. Uh, somehow, still the world is like it was. Still You're blaming I the, the world, but no, it was not I... the reason. The world was not the reason why you started, no? The reason why I started is me. You might say it's volunteer, or I have no free will. I'm still there, I'm still part of nature. What the fuck are you talking about? Avoiding the question. Yes, the world sucks. Yeah, but that's part of the... Okay. I have a personal problem. It's not part of the world. Okay, but it's the a world little bit is more like specific. My, the world is my, just my word on everything. Everything. You are in the world, that puppet on the, that is there in the world. Rape is in the world, racism. Like, uh, also funny things like dancing is in the world. Cookie that kills you in the end because it's full of shit. Listen, uh, what yeah, is out? Yeah. Oh, this is out of this world. That's when something is just unnormal. I know the world will not get better. I'm realistic. If the world gets even worse and I get really like sick from something and I know I will die soon and I have nothing more to live for and I know that and I know like oh it's a meteor falling in our head in, a, in two months a year that would be even better then I was like wow I have a year now to take opium I have a year now to just don't give a shit about it and then when it hits me I will just sit there and fucking smile at it thank you it's like when Marianne Faithful sings Sister Morphine, I saw a program uh, where she's singing live when she's old, and she still promotes it as something kind of beautiful in her life, not destructive. She managed to get out of it, no? Because she survived. If you died from it, it's okay. Maybe you just wanted to die. Maybe this was just your way of making suicide. Suicide can be scary. And this is just like a long, painful way sometimes to make suicide. Maybe we should appreciate the people who choose to just disappear also. I need some air. I need a break from this fucked up life. Yeah, and that's the same as when you have a disease or something and you take morphine preparates, something morphine related and to get over that pain. And after maybe you have to deal with some consequences of that, you wouldn't be able to deal with that pain. So it's about the balance. How much do you want to lose and how much do you gain from it? How much pain? It made me be able to think about the stuff. And then when I realized that okay, I have a distance to it, I wanted to quit it. I felt I used it as a medicine. 
And that's why maybe it was easier for me to just stop also. Pain and suffering I go through now from stopping is so little compared to how much I managed to escape from just feeling like suicidal for weeks. Well, I agree you're a better person on opiates <laughs> than you would have been in that circumstances without. It was a very good choice. So it can be used as a medicine. I understand why it's important now. I understand what's useful useful for now and I understand why people abuse it and that that makes me ca- capable of understanding and helping people better I think so I think I grow from it. And I'm not sure I think it's also a tactic from religions movements to catch people you take the weakest when they're in rehab on cold turkey part of their religious sect or whatever there's a lot of rehab centers that are driven and uh, organized by Christian groups no center in the mountains some close some place close to where we're living and there was a, this rehab center for junkies and drug related people magic mushrooms psilocybin mushrooms kind of ritual related but then I found that they're super Christian at the same time and they're doing like exorcism and kind of this mix of shamanism that means like ooga booga or with like native people or vikings or whatever you want doing like kind of rituals that people don't understand what the fuck is anymore but still is repeating it because it looks cool those people are doing that they're taking demons out of addicted people being like yeah it's demonic that I think is kind of black age kind of behavior I do believe there are things we don't know about we don't understand maybe we're just demon is like blaming everything on aliens kind of oh the aliens oh god oh god did it uh, if the demons are there then if you believe in god it must be a reason why the demons are there It's a reason for you to have a work, to make money on torturing these poor junkies, but it's making them think they, have, they don't have enough problems. And now they should think they fucking have demons in them also. I don't understand that that's okay anymore. Yeah, maybe it's demons. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Now I actually... This is a very complicated subject for me. I don't know if it's demons or not. Just like I don't know if it's ghosts or not. Okay, I believe there are ghosts, but saying... Like, <laughs> that I think addiction is scary, but it's more scary is like the rehab center after addiction, because many people are like kind of cool liberal people taking drugs. They get addicted, as then they go to a rehab center. They come out as a fucking moron, like from before a super liberal kind of cool to moralistic dork. Fuck, man, religion can be super addictive. Yeah, religion is also on the list of addiction that I read up about. But it's also in this gray zone, like sex and all these things. Because religion and sex, they also give a short-time addiction. Now you can't get cold turkey from... You have a great sex with a new lover for a couple of days, and afterwards that great lover is leaving the country and you are left there with your cold turkey of sex. The in, in, in natives in South America, they put a straw in your nose and blow really strong jungle tobacco right up your brain and you can't breathe <coughs> and super painful. And that's addictive. That's like you get, that's native people are addicted to. I know. And that's like super cool actually to feel that feeling. And you're just like, shit, I want that feeling of this. Like getting my whole body just torn apart by, by nicotine in open and brain bang yeah that's extreme the first time i smoked a bong together with tobacco and hash i fainted that was painful yeah and you can get addicted to that too if addictions are good or bad what do you think i mean it depends on what happens in your life afterwards or if you kill somebody 
during your addiction or like it's so many factors here you cannot really say is it good or bad yeah i don't think you can say that so i guess i guess both good and bad is part of life addictions is part of everything here about everything so addictions uh, is part of our culture is part of our expressions art and relationship to a lot of things is will not just leave us like that. Uh, we have to learn about it. I mean, in a country where you have a good economy, addiction doesn't have to be bad because then the society can give people money. They don't have to rob people. They don't have to kill people for yes, for small change for buying their drugs, no? This was our pilot show. I'm Lucy. And I'm Leona. And thank you a lot. As I said, this is our first. With a little bit of support, we can be inspired to get this thing a little bit more interesting for you. We will learn more in annoying things that will make us more close to serious addictions. If you listen to a whole recording, we are very thankful. Yeah, that was the birthday show this time and uh, it was our pilot show so the sound and uh, the technical and uh, what we are talking about and everything could be criticized. We hope you will stay with us and hear us developing. And next time we will bring guests that know something about what they're talking about. Compared to us that actually don't know shit. So thank you for listening to our ignorance and have patience to actually listen to this whole show. You're a hero. Please uh, follow us and uh, check out our website and uh, stay in touch. And in uh, on the podcast... You can actually write comments under. So if you want to hear something special or if you want to complain, feel free to write a comment. So until we are one day closer to total Armageddon, continue to have a great birthday. If it's your birthday. Is it everybody's birthday? Happy birthday. What does the birthday mean? (laughs) 